0: Leadership is action, right? There's a big difference between leadership and management. Management at its core is, you know, if you look at the definition, it's to direct and control, and that's fine. But leadership is action, and leadership is having a line of sight. A lot of folks use the word vision. Uh, I tend to think that word is just a little bit overused. I I like to say line of sight because that tells me I'm looking forward. Vision tells me something else. It could be this or it could be that, but... Mm -hmm a line of sight so a leader is always going to be a person of action he's going to promote action and he's going to let the team know where they're going he's going to clearly articulate the mission
1: so the big question is this how do small business owners like us grow our leadership develop our teams and scale our business in a way that allows us to get our products and services out to the world yet still remain profitable that is the question and this podcast will give you the answers i'm bradley hamner and this is the Club Capital Leadership Podcast. Hey, before we get into today's episode, did you know that Club Capital is the largest accounting advisory firm for insurance agency owners in the country, providing monthly accounting, CFO services, and tax preparation? Check them out at club.capital. Welcome to another episode of the Club Capital Leadership Podcast. My name is Bradley Hamner, your host. On today's episode, we have Robert Bobby Harrington. He's the founder of Rubicon Course of Action, which specializes in performance coaching programs and immersive leadership development events. In his book, Lead You, The Winning Combination to Achieve Personal and Professional Success, Bobby shows you how self-leadership can transform you into the leader you aspire to be. Now, I love that message because in my own program, I talk about the very first principle is to lead yourself first. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Bobby Harrington. Ambition is the first step towards success. It's time to level up your agency. And Coach P Consulting will help you do just that by using the same strategies he used to sell over 700 life insurance policies in 2021 alone. Now, this is not your regular one and done type coaching. You'll get personalized coaching two days a week every week of the month, and you'll get a live look behind the scenes of his team training and an office that's performing at the highest level. There's a reason Coach P Consulting is the fastest growing coaching company for insurance agency owners in the country. Coach P will train your team alongside his own and show you the exact steps they're taking to achieve chairman circle, exotic travel, and multi-line presence club, and be one of the few agents to be selected to have a third office. So whether your goal is to be at the top of your local market or amongst the best in the country, this training will give you the strategies and the tactics to get there. For just $250 a month, you'll get high-level coaching each week from someone who is already getting it done at that level, and his strategies work, and it's time to put them to work for you. Sign up at CoachBeatConsulting.com and get your first full month for free when you mention the Club Capital Leadership Podcast. Bobby Harrington, welcome to the Club Capital Leadership Podcast. Glad to be here, Bradley. Thanks for the invite. Well, before we hit record, we started going down a path of how much we both love leadership. My goodness, the name of this podcast is the Club Capital Leadership Podcast, after all. So we're going to end up having a deep dive here into all things leadership. But before we get into any of that, we always start with background and origin story. So tell us your background. How did you get to where you are today and what led you to here?
0: Yeah, no, awesome question. So not unlike a, a lot of folks who are from the South that play football, right? And that was my first introduction to structured leadership, right? And I noticed very quickly that the coaches, they each had different ways they approach things. And at, at that time, you know, at seven years old, I didn't know what leadership was. I just knew that this coach was this way and the other coach was doing that thing. And it had to do with a lot of things, the way they approach things, the tonality they use, and actually how they delegated and, and stuff like that. So after having a good run through high school and, and some little time in college, I joined the Marine Corps. But before I got to the Marine Corps, you know, my father was a World War II, Korea and Vietnam veteran, uh, three times in Vietnam. So he was an awesome leader of our family, a leader in the military, and Leader in the community as well. I learned a lot from him. He's sort of a quiet person, but you can learn a lot from quiet people too. My, my mom, on the other hand, was, her family's from East Europe, from Yugoslavia. She's 100% Serbian. Those are some really tough people. So she was kind of the opposite, you know, of my dad. She was, uh, had a little bit more fire, you know, with her. So we kind of learned both ways. So between my dad and my mom, I was positioned well to go into the Marine Corps, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, playing football in South Louisiana two days is is really hot. So going to boot camp in San Diego was not a problem. Uh, It was more of a mental adjustment. But how I got here, you know, in the Marine Corps, they teach leadership traits and principles, right? Which goes to character building and how to lead yourself in teams. After spending four years in the Marine Corps, you know, those things stuck with me. And I write about that in the book. But I've carried those things through life and, I went from the Marine Corps to oil and gas, which is similar to the military. They're large companies with projects and missions and and stuff like that. And quickly was able to differentiate myself based on my experience in the Marine Corps, leading myself and others. Right. So I had a short stint as a contractor and then finally hired with Chevron and spent about 18 years in in that uh, global 100 company. A lot of rich experience in operations and at the work face and uh, it's always been a privilege to lead others and now i'm taking my 34 years of experience and trying to give that back to others
1: first of all thank you for yours and your family's service to our country
0: well, you're welcome my pleasure
1: how do you define leadership leadership
0: is action right there's a big difference between leadership and management Management at its core is, you know, if you look at the definition, it's to direct and control, and that's fine. But leadership is action, and leadership is having a line of sight. A lot of folks use the word vision. Uh, I tend to think that word is just a little bit overused. I I like to say line of sight because that tells me I'm looking forward. Vision tells me something else. It could be this or it could be that, but Mm. a line of sight. So a leader is always going to be a person of action. He's going to promote action and is gonna let the team know where they're going, He's gonna clearly articulate the mission.
1: I've had people that have talked to me over the years mm-hmm. about starting a business. I'm a self-professed business geek and including all things leadership. Leadership is one of the hardest things that you can do in life. Why do you love it so much?
0: I've always been a person who wants to wake up and achieve. Mm -hmm. And I quickly learned, and we talked about this before we press the record button, I learned that leadership was always the problem, but yet it was always the solution. Mm. So if I worked real hard at trying to be a good leader, then I could help solve problems and have a greater impact. But I wake up each day, you know, asking myself a series of questions about leadership. And, you know, I really commit to that. What
1: are some of those questions that you ask yourself?
0: Am I willing to do the hard work it takes? Am I willing to put in the repetitions to become a better leader, right? Am I gonna put others before myself, right? Going back to being unselfish, because what I found is to be a good leader, you really have to be unselfish and you really have to put people first. There's an old adage in the military, is it the mission or the welfare of the troops? And in the military, it's always the mission, but, you don't get that mission without taking care of the troops, right? Mm-hmm. Taking care of their welfare, training them well. So usually there is some ultimate prize at, at the end of a conflict or a war. So, you know, if you have to expand human life, you know, that's, that's just the cost. But like in business, you know, it's just a little bit different. You always have to put people first or you, you will not, people, the A players will not stay at your company, and especially in this day and age when folks have a lot of choice. Yeah, you know, yeah. you can sell online, become a solo entrepreneur, just many different things. And another one of the questions is, are you willing to deliver feedback in such a way and tone that tells the person you're giving the feedback to, I'm giving you this feedback to improve you? And that doesn't preclude, you know, having some direct conversations. That happens to life. And the fourth question is, we're never done. Am I willing to know that I'm never done? Leadership, it's like growing a garden. You prepare the soil, you plant the seed, you water, you pull weeds. You don't get the fruit until the very end. But as a leader, we're never done.
1: Yeah. I showed you before we got started my model, and the very first principle is lead yourself first. So help myself and the listeners. I mean, I have an idea of how I feel about this, but it's not about my opinion, it's about yours. You talked about as an example, can I put others before myself? It is servant leadership. It's being selfless yet you wrote the book called "Lead You," and it's all about self leadership first, and so can you help us we' kind of reconcile those two things to understand wait a minute, we're talking about leading others before ourselves, but then Here it is talking about the self-leadership and then how do I reconcile those two things?
0: That's a great question. So before we lead others, we have to lead ourselves. If we expect others to have empathy and compassion and have leadership attributes and live their core values, we have to do that first. We really have to do that because as a leader, people are looking up to you to learn, right? They're gonna emulate what you do. So they wanna see your strength of character, they want to know you have integrity. They want to know they can trust you. Trust is one part character, one part confidence. That's how I would sort of reconcile self-leadership and, and putting others before yourself. But you have to take care of yourself as well. One of the chapters in the book is on self-care. And as men and maybe you know women alike, sometimes folks don't buy that self-care. I struggled with it till I was 45, you know, burned out a couple of times and worked 80, 90 hour weeks and this, that, and the other.
1: Mm-hmm. But,
0: uh, you know, that takes its toll and self-care is important. It's like putting your, your mask on first on the airplane before you put someone else's on. You've got to take care of yourself so you can be your best for them. That works in all phases, right? At home, at work, to a larger extent to the community
1: what have been some of the things on this podcast every week i kind of go back and forth i try to bring things from kind of a high level theory right principles even all the way down to some practical things and there's a lot of books out there not just leadership books but business books in particular that i read them and i think yeah it's good it's good stuff i've heard this before But it doesn't really help me day to day. It doesn't help me in the trenches with this situation in order to, how do I deal in this moment with this difficult performance issue, right? With the team member, as an example, right? And yet I'm wanting to have compassion and understanding and patience and all these things. And at the same time, I feel like I'm about to inflict pain because they're going to be reprimanded because like they dropped the ball or whatever that may be. I mean, there's a million different ways I could go in that. I think you get the essence of my question. Right. And so what are some things down to the practical level that you believe in and that you've learned along the way and you share with your clients that you think are kind of core to what it means to become a good leader?
0: Again, it all starts with self-trust and self-belief and we'll build from there. So Self trust is doing the things that I say I'm going to do that are important to me day in and day out and doing those without fail. So let's just think about it. Do you believe in someone before you can trust them? Not really. You won't do that. The only exception to that might be in the public domain where people in businesses have built some track record. So you trust them, but still, in my experience tells me people want some repetitions, you know, because trust is built through repetition, right? And transaction. So once I trust myself, I can start to believe in myself and to believe in myself, it builds on trust where I've done these certain things, I've achieved something, right? And that's what allows me to go after a bigger and a bigger and a bigger goal or serve as a team leader or serve as a supervisor, then serve as a superintendent. And maybe someday, maybe a CEO. Maybe the CEO of your own company,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but you have to start with self trust and self belief, okay? And mm-hmm. then, when you, and to do that, you have to be very adept at character attributes or leadership attributes, rather. And we cover that in chapter two and three, such as justice, judgment, you know, courage, knowledge, enthusiasm, right? Those are all traits that are very important to a person and to a leader, and building on that. And this is one I'm very adamant about: is you have to select four to five core values, depending on where you're at in your life, and you have to live those, right? So when you're young, it might be ambition; it might be exploration. Financial might be a core value. Later on in life, when you're staring at retirement, it might be financial stability, security. My core values are hard work, family, simplicity respect yourself and others, and believe in yourself, you know, Mm -hmm. at at my point in life. And I try each and every day to live those the best I can. And when folks pick their core values based on what's important to them, well, then they stand out from others. Mm -hmm. So living your values coupled with building your strength of character is what I found to be most important. And that's what gives us a unique, quote unquote, leadership character.
1: Day in and day out, I would say the majority of the time, I think for myself, and I try to think about this for our listeners, that I do believe in myself, right? I do. But boy, I have days, I have weeks, and I have long stretches. I really doubt myself. I get in my head about it, and I can find every way to start to doubt. I find almost evidence of my, I'm not good enough type thing, Right. And so that becomes hard to kind of get out of that cycle. I mean, you always do, right? You try not to be in those low points. And so, I mean, unless you're a narcissist, you're just delusional thinking that you got the world by the tail. Obviously, we all have days where days and periods of time are like, man, I don't know if I'm cut out for this. How do you handle that?
0: Yeah, that's an excellent question. Again, on the best day, leadership is hard. I find when I'm in a slump or I'm having a little bit of self-belief challenges. Again, action is the word. I'll get in the gym. I'll just try to clear my mind because also what I found out is we tend to make up our own problems sometimes. Sometimes a mohill become <laughs> becomes a mountain. So that's the thought side of it. But there are instances in the course of a career where we have setbacks. I've had setbacks. I worked fifteen or sixteen years in my last company to get this one opportunity I got that opportunity and I had a setback. That was hard to deal with. But based on my life and the setbacks I had had before, I didn't crawl into a hole.
1: Mm-hmm. I knew
0: to dust myself off and keep going. So I would say take action and keep going when you get in those bouts of of self-belief. You just try to purge whatever is in your head, just get it out. A hard workout will do that or a hike will do that or a good tough conversation, you
1: know, will do it as well. When you said, sometimes we make up on our own problems, I wish I could give credit to the first person that had shared this with me, but they said, as business owners, we're really good firefighters and we could put out fires left and right, but boy, we're way better arsonist. And I thought, man, that's good. That's so good. Self-sabotage. Self-sabotage. That's right. Yeah, no doubt. I think back at times. And kind of along that lines, I I heard this just last week or week and a half ago, I was at a mastermind group that I'm a part of. And the person made a comment around sideways energy. And I was like, man, I've never heard that before. But I thought, how many times have I, I should do a podcast on this myself, but sideways energy where I'm doing something that's just making the business go sideways. Like we're not moving forward. If anything, we're probably moving backwards. But All of the energy is an effort to move forward, but because I'm not thinking clearly, I'm just doing stuff. I'm just doing stuff. I'm just in motion. But what I'm actually doing is not moving the business forward. It's not leading the team at a high level. Like I'm doing all of these things, but it's just sideways energy. And Mm -hmm. I think that is similar to me. I'm just starting fires. I'm just starting fires just to come back around the backside and put them out. Like fire, put it out. And then you're constantly like, what are you doing? You're just moving sideways. Does that make sense? Oh, no, for sure.
0: I think what that is, is a little bit of overthinking and getting away from prioritization. Look, we can only do one to three things good in the course of a day. Last assignment I had, about 120 people had five team leaders. It was an oil and gas facility, people going offshore. Not only had to lead that organization, had to deal with a set of executives over here. And then 5,000 miles away, there's a group of subject matter experts that had some purview of what we were doing. So a given day, there was 30 to 40 things that you really had to do. But the last couple of years, I would focus on one to three things. And if something else was important, someone was going to make a phone call or they're going to scream. And it worked beautifully, right? Mm. Because the thing is, if everything's critical, then nothing's critical right? We really have to do some analyzing and and determine what are the top three priorities, and we need to work those really hard. But to your point, I've had times even on that assignment where I I sat for an hour and wondered which way I should go. So many people wanted so many things, but again, it came back to making a choice, prioritization, and you know what? Every day, everyone's not going to be happy. That's just how it is. I learned you know, through trial and error, not to people please. Never really been a people pleaser, but I think the good in us wants to deliver for everyone. But on a given day, that, that's always not going to happen. That's mm-hmm. just the facts. If you're doing a lot, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What are some of your favorite leadership stories? Not just the story itself, but how it shaped how you believe and what you think about leadership today?
0: Yeah, so... I'll just go with this one. Part of the when I was forty-five, I had a lot of success, right, at my job, and I was I had developed uh, technology for about eight years, and received a chairman's award, and that was cool. Got to go see the CEO and, and this, that, and the other, and a special recognition. And my next assignment was in Ascravos, Nigeria, pretty tough place, pretty austere, and I didn't realize it, but I, when I arrived there, I was burned out, and mm. Some things started to manifest, and some things weren't going right. And by all accounts, had a good job. You know, financially it was okay, and but it forced me to really, you know, it was really a low point, like rock bottom. So it forced me to look within, and I started trying to solve what was the problem here. I'd never been a real big reader of books because I don't like people to think for me. You know, I enjoy different perspectives, but I don't like reading any kind of dribble. But I got an iPad and. One of the books I got was Lone Survivor by Marks Luttrell, which outlines the operation of Red Wing in Afghanistan. Now, I guess I'll boil it all down to if the man's team was killed, three other people were killed, and he fell down the mountain three or four times and he kept fighting, he never quit. He didn't quit because in his DNA or his trained that I'm going to give effort until I drop, right? I examined myself, and I think that was one of the most powerful lessons for me. And out of that experience came my want to give my perspective on leadership. So that's kind of why I wrote the book, Lead You, right? give folks a, a template and a roadmap.
1: What other books, podcasts, or other things have you tapped into that you feel like, in addition to your book, obviously, have really kind of shaped your belief patterns?
0: Yeah, I think Stephen Covey,
1: you know, The Speed of Trust. Not as uh, well-known books, but that's a good one. There's
0: no dribble in that one. I've listened to it on audio and read it. You know, it's just such an excellent book for people because a lot of times we need to be smart with our trust, right? We need to understand what trust is and, you know, be smart with it and protect, protect trust. You know, that was one of the other questions that... You know, I answer each day when I wake up, you know, am I willing to protect trust? My family and my coworkers, or any organization I'm with as a leader, that's very important because it's very difficult to build up trust because people trust you. Either you're competent at something or you have really good strength of character or sometimes both. You can lose or break trust, you know, really quick. I had some hard lessons with that and learned that really, you know, that's something we need to protect. Aside from Stephen Covey, I think Discipline Equals Freedom or uh, Extreme Ownership. Mm-hmm. You know, is a couple of good books by uh, Jocko Willink and, and Leif Bavin. I really like those a lot. Very practical, as you mentioned. There's a lot of books out there that are sort of theoretical and high-minded, and they sound good, but when you walk away, you know, you ask yourself, "Okay, what can I use here?" You know, usually it's not much. You yeah, know, so yeah. I, I try to model my book. Where, you know, I give definitions, I give anecdotes, I have exercises at the end of the chapters and also a call to action. Mm. You know, so we're giving folks something to immediately use, giving folks tools.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I said that earlier, but there's a lot of books that just kind of filled with a lot of fluff and there's not as many of them that kind of get down into I can actually take something away with this. So thank you for writing a book that ultimately is designed for transformation, not just transformation of information. Right. That actually means that they can take it and read into it. Bobby, people want to reach out to you and connect with you. Can talk about the program that you have, your leadership development program. What is that? How can people learn more about that if they want to connect with you?
0: Yeah, awesome. So our program is called the Stronger You Coaching Program, and it's it's leadership-based. It's all about leading yourself, leading others, and learning how to lead through change. We also have live immersive events. Our first event is going to be June 26th through 30th. We'll be making that announcement very soon. It's going to be at the Wyo Ranch in Kerrville, Texas.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: that that's something you really don't want to miss. It's a four-day immersive event. Uh, it's a chance, again, you know, to learn about leadership, skills development, and, and adventure. You know, we we work hard, but we play hard as well.
1: Yeah, I love that. Who said that business can't have a little bit of fun, right?
0: Even in the hardest times in the Marine Corps, we always had fun. I've carried, uh, you know, fun and camaraderie with me throughout my whole career, and
1: it's really worked well. Bobby, congrats on the book. Where can people pick up a copy?
0: Sure. We would like to route people to the website, to www.therubiconcoa.com, and they can go to my author page. And from there, it'll ask him for a little bit of information and then we'll route them on to Amazon.
1: Awesome. Bobby, enjoyed chatting with you about all things leadership. And I hope to have you back on in the future when you write your next one. Well, I definitely enjoyed, it. And I, I much appreciate it, Bradley. Thank you. You know, I really enjoyed that conversation with Bobby. A couple of things. Stood out to me. I know many of you have heard or have read the book Extreme Ownership from Jocko Willinick. And I think that this book and the conversation with Bobby kind of reminded me of that. It's basically the personal responsibility for a situation. At the time that I'm recording this outro, we just had as a team a thing that we were working through as an opportunity within the podcast. And over the past week, I really needed to try to take an opportunity to self-reflect and see how I could take extreme ownership or really just personal responsibility for kind of where things were not where they needed to be. And ultimately to be able to share, okay, this is not exactly what we are capable of being able to do. I think we can do better, but also try to just do some reflection myself. I think that there's a balance of being able to do that take personal responsibility, but at the same time, not beating myself up too much for maybe things not going exactly the way that I think that they should. So I really enjoyed that conversation with Bobby. I hope you did as well. Hey, thanks to our podcast sponsors, Autopilot Recruiting, Coach P Consulting, and Club Capital. If you want to be able to bring A players on your team, reach out to Autopilot Recruiting. Go to autopilotrecruiting.com and let Alex and the team know that you heard about them on the Club Capital Leadership Podcast. I personally use Autopilot Recruiting for all of my recruiting efforts. And you should, too. Their onboarding experience is second to none. I told the team, I said, hey, listen, I want to go through it just like someone else would. Just because I happen to know the people in the team, don't give me any special treatment. It has been exceptional end-to-end, first-class experience with the emails to be able to onboard you and let you know exactly what to expect. The regular communication, just knowing that that's going to be taken care of for my business is incredibly important. Go to autopilotrecruiting.com. You've heard me say often and with good reason that the best money that I've ever invested in is to be able to buy back my time. And one of the ways to be able to buy back my time is to be able to be in the rooms and at the tables with people who are doing things at a higher level. Well, you will get exactly that whenever you join Coach P. Go to coachpconsulting.com david and his team they really do an incredible job of being able to share with you the behind the scenes of exactly what's working and what's not working in their business to help shortcut your success At the end of the day you're paying down some amount of debt whether that's financial debt or even ignorance debt the amount of money it's costing you to not own a million dollar business as an example Is costing you a million dollars. And there's ways, there's skills that you can acquire. And the best way to do that is to be able to pay to be in the room, whether that's even a Zoom room or just to be able to pay access to someone like David who's getting it done at a high level. Go to coachpconsulting.com. I talk to business owners every day. And one of the topics that comes up often that stresses people out is financials. And I understand I was that way before I've shared many times my own struggle of not being able to read financial statements, even though I had a degree in finance from Auburn University, no comments from the Alabama people, but I really didn't know how to read basic business financials. And it really hurt me in the early years of my business. No more with Club Capital. Go to club.capital. Book a no obligation demo. All right, one. Till next episode, lead well.